Um, expectations. I don't know because it was my first. It was my first ever backyard ultra. So, like, I had meant to do the one that you done in Castle Ward the year before, and I I pulled out because I was meant to be doing Marathon de Sable the month later, which also got postponed. So, like, the whole year's training then was as I said leading up towards. Um, I was meant to be doing the twenty four hour in Victoria Park, um, Belfast Festival of Running to qualify to run for Ireland. But again, that was postponed and that was moved out to October of this year. So when I messaged uh, Adrian, I just said to him, like, will you just just take me out of that address or put it on to next year? And he said to me, look, there's the last one standing in in uh, Florida Manor. He says, well, I stick you in for that. I was like, so fuck, I stick it in anyway and I'll see, <laughs> see how I go. Like, you know, but I had to, like, obviously I was doing long distance training because of the 24 hour and I wanted to push hard. So I wanted to break the 220 mark in the 24 hour. So like, I sort of, I realized that my toughest, my toughest time in a 24 hour race was like between two o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning. That was the time where, I felt really, really bad. Felt like the energy levels were going, you know, just not with it at all. Um, not take, being able to take in food at that hour of the morning. My body just wanted to completely shut down. So what I did was I started training at them times. So I'd work on a Friday and I'd come home and I'd go out running at 12 o'clock and I'd run till four in the morning. And then I'd go home for two hours and then I'd go back out for another four hours. That, my friend, was Keith Russell. And this is the Inspiration Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're all well. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. Epic episode with Irish backyard record holder Keith Russell, who ran an amazing 63 loops back in May during the Atlas running event in Northern Ireland. Last week he competed in the 100k Anglo-Celtic plate, gracing his first Irish international vest, which was a very proud moment indeed. In this episode, we break down how to isolate your weaknesses and focus on those areas that can pull you out of a long endurance event, such as last one standing, which would no doubt contributed to Keith's outstanding performance in May. Keith hasn't been long in the sport and had a very touching introduction. So if you haven't heard Keith and Alana's story, make sure you check out episode 115. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to More Mountain Adventures. Why not join me for a day in the hills on one of our single day bucket list hikes, or even better, on one of our two day expeditions where we supply top of the range camping equipment such as North Face and Nordisk tents. We've gone over and above to ensure that you get the opportunity to experience the rawness of the mountains as they were intended. If interested, why not join us on Facebook by checking out More Mountain Adventures or dropping into our Instagram page. Not to delay you any further, it's with great pleasure I give you Keith Russell. I, I'd love to do this live, you know. I just like to go straight out there, no editing. <laughs> That's the plan, was it? All along. No, it wasn't the plan, but it's... Um, I know editing was the plan. The problem is I talk that much shite, I have to edit. <laughs> I'm, ne I'm never editing the guest, it's always me I'm editing out. Say too much. Say the wrong thing. I I had to um, stop saying like all the time at the end of every sentence. Like you know, like um, and what was that like? Like like like. <laughs> I I keep saying M. <laughs> it's only when it's only when you hear yourself back, isn't it? You hear these things. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how's things anyway? Great. No bother at all. I was just. 
I was just taking a look there, and um, it was last June that we did the last podcast over a year ago. Was uh, it? Yeah, mental. It was, yeah, just after, just in the middle of lo- the first lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. So for those that don't know, we had Keith on the podcast, um, episode number one hundred and fifteen. That's all my prep done, by the way. That's all I got. <laughs> That's as far as I got. I'm like, damn it, I've got to know when I had Keith on at least. Winner. So, how'd, before we go, that was a. We picked a great name for it, obviously, Backyard Chaos, because that's what it turned into. <laughs> that's what it turned into, is right, yeah. Um, we'll get there in a minute, like, so, because we're just off the back um, of the Anglo-Celtic plate, obviously, you know. Um, yeah. We actually couldn't have picked this. The timing of this was actually perfect. Yeah, we yeah. Got last one standing, on, starting uh, midday on Saturday, so in two, less than two days' time. Um, so this will help those guys. Now the problem with that obviously is the Celtic plague was only like was that last weekend? It was last Saturday, yeah, last, last Saturday. Saturday. So we're gonna strip and unpack that a little bit first. Um, hopefully we're gonna be really seamless on this podcast, and I'm just gonna <laughs> release it as it is. I am recording the screen, by the way, just so you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's alright. Because the button at the bottom here says it doesn't. It shows that I'm not recording, like so, but I actually am deviously in the background someplace. Um, <laughs> so the Anglo-Celtic pick, talk to me about that. Talk to me how you got um, the call up, I suppose, and how that how that happened. Well, it was one of these things. Like I was meant to run the 24-hour up in Belfast, um, and I think that was around April to qualify for the Irish 24-hour team, and obviously that was postponed. So. I was training just during my training. I done a 50k time trial and I ended up running 324, uh, 50k, mar- uh, 50k, and I ran a 249 marathon. Keith, and that's that's mad, isn't it? Like 249 yeah. marathon, yeah, in a 50k time trial. Yeah, it was a bit, a bit crazy. All right, but when you um, when you think of where you've come from, like, and anybody wants to listen to the story, um, you know, you want to be, you know, go to episode 115 and look back to that, but. You've only been running a couple of years, you know. Yeah, it's... I've been running since 2016, yeah. Um, and everything sort of seemed to happen so quickly. And to be honest with you, like, to, to run for Ireland on Saturday was just, it was just unbelievable. Like, you know, something you never thought I'd get the opportunity to do. Um, and, you know, the Anglo Celtic plate, you obviously have to, you have to apply to, to get on the team. And I was talking to John, I was actually talking to John O'Regan before it, about the 24-hour team so he was giving me just a bit of advice and stuff like that you know and once the angle celtic blade came around he, he he sort of sent me a message and he said look you may as well apply for it and see how you get on um he says like there is some very very good runners and there was like some very yeah. good runners and you know i got on to the individual which was like a development uh team for the irish team um which to be honest is massive honor you know to, to to don the ireland jersey is was phenomenal it's just so surreal to be honest um as i said like something you never think is ever going to happen to you especially as you get older you know yourself Robbie. like things fucking start <laughs> to go away from you like you know but to 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 get that opportunity and to get to do it was was brilliant um it's crazy. Only issue, okay, go ahead. Yeah, the, the only well, no, the only the only thing I had was that I hadn't I hadn't ran for about three months before it. I couldn't train. I was injured, and I literally got back running the week of the hundred k. I done thirty five k, um, on the Monday, 
just to to make sure I wasn't wasn't in any pain. So I knew, um, I knew that it was going to be a struggle, um, and I knew that it wasn't going to go be plain sailing whatsoever, um, and I like probably went out a bit fast as well. Um, there was a good lot of us that sort of stayed together. Um, this was Andrew calling us the peloton, but um, I went out too fast and about forty k. Then I just hit a wall, and you know, like you have sixty k left. It's a long, long way to go, and it took me took me twenty k about two hours to to try and get myself back right again and get going again. You know, but once I got going again, it was fine. I sort of sort of just had to pull my pace back. Yeah, and yeah. just sort of enjoy it and just use it as a training run then so i obviously i obviously didn't hit the time that i w- would have liked to hit but you know i had myself convinced that i didn't have the training done and that's sort of what got into me in that 20k and once then i sort of changed my focus to right i'm going to use this as a training run i sort of felt a hell of a lot better and um got a bit a lot of water in. it was very very humid and um, so got a lot of water in and just just enjoyed the rest of the day to be honest yeah, you, you just sort of went through what I was going to unpack in about half an hour. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, do you know what? Just even at the beginning when you were talking there, you know, and if you think you start running in 2016, you know, it's a bit surreal. Didn't think this would come to this. Yeah, It wasn't even in your universe in 2016. You know, it, was, there no. was, it wasn't even a blip on your radar in any way or form. I'm not sure we didn't even know what it was back in 2016 so to actually get to that point very quickly um and we could see it anybody on the peripheral was watching we could see it happening you know and you, that's what i love about ultra running you know we, we've yeah. seen numerous people that are in this ultra running circle community um have very similar stories you know um they've had some sort of change in direction in their life and they have this unbelievable talent or depth of hard work or whatever you want to call it like um and they next thing you know they find themselves with an irish jersey on them which is mind-blowing yeah. isn't it it's inspiring for it's, everybody it's crazy like to be honest like I, I was smoking in 2016 at the start of 2016 do you know what i mean and from going from smoking early 2016 to saying i want to run dublin city marathon the following year um so i gave myself a year to train for it and like as I said before, I put everything into that year. I gave up smoking, gave up drinking to do this with with Alana. Do you know what I mean? So like to find out how how much hard work can get you or where it can get you, I think is what stands to me today. That I'm I work I work incredibly hard in training, and it's just it pays off. And like it's true what they say, like hard work pays off, and it does. Like it's a, it's the old cliche, like. Yeah, but it's good when you've been through it and, you know, you put everything in it with your phenomenal yeah. story with Alana. Um, so yeah. do listen to episode 115 if, you're li- if you haven't uh, heard of Alana's story and Keith's story together. Because um, in essence, you know, it's building the foundation of what we're just about to talk about, really. And this is part two, <laughs> so it is important to listen <laughs> to that so you have an understanding yeah. of it. And... Um, but it's the process, isn't it? Like I've had a lot of athletes on here, you know, at all different levels. Um, Hilary Allen is one in particular who fell 150 feet and broke like 15 bones in her body. Um, yeah. You know, and it's about the process. 
you know, ten ten months later, she went back into Lavaredo and won the race after being told she couldn't run again. You know, and she fell a hundred yeah. feet off a sky sky ridge, uh, sorry, a mountain ridge. And it's, you know, she really talked about the love of the process. But once you have belief in the process, I'm to be honest, I'm in the same boat at the minute. I've got my foot in a bucket of ice under the table here. <laughs> <laughs> and i was so glad utmb's on tomorrow i'm wearing my utmb yeah. top um mine got deferred i deferred mine for two years and i'm delighted because now okay. i can relax and focus on the process yeah. Um i'd surge you my feet at the beginning of the year <laughs> i said to myself come on this podcast robbie stop talking about yourself everybody's heard it every <laughs> friggin' week we know you've had surgery we know you've done the race of the stones we know you've done ccc you need you need more material, Robbie. Get your shit together and get out there. Um, so you've done more stuff than me. <laughs> no, but you know it's um, it's great now. Like we were on the mountains the other day, guiding a seven sevens group, and there was three races on that day. There was the seven sevens was on, the seven sisters was on, and Born to Run oh, had yeah. the Dam buses on was on, and it was the first time, you know, that I'd seen people racing in eighteen months. Yeah, and yeah. just a switch went in the back of my head. You know, I I want yeah. that. And all it of gets a sudden, the excitement going again. Yeah. My motivation just went through the roof, like you know. And it's like, geez, right tomorrow, boom, and straight away I got back to the process. I'm, I'm back in there at a very early start again, and like I have never. I was one of these. I was a greedy runner, so oh, let's run a marathon this weekend. Let's do it. Was, there was no consistency to my running. Yeah, you've got all this new information, but the process does work doesn't it like absolutely you know like as you said there like people are back out racing again a lot of people lost focus because they had nothing to aim for you know and to be honest that didn't really affect me like i love training i love the process of training and i love the variation of training um and that's what sort of gets you to the point of being on the start line knowing that you're in good shape and knowing that you're going to do yourself justice and that's what you want at the end of the day like do you know what i mean um as you say like a lot of ultra runners have have a story have something that drives them on i think like when you survive something that was supposed to destroy you then you thrive because everyone deserves to be happy you know um and i think that's what we're all doing out there is that we're, we're you're living your best life and where else would you want to be only out training out running out being healthy you know um you have a deeper you, you have a deeper appreciation for life based on what you've been absolutely. through you know you absolutely, know you're not here yeah. forever it's a no. very it's a fleeting moment that we're on this planet for so you don't well, wanna, you don't want to lie on the sofa smoking and drinking and no die until and next thursday that's it and like like i know all too well like it's there one day and it's gone the next you know in the blink of an eye um your life changes and it changes forever yeah you know and it's up to you to get yourself out of that hole and nobody else can do it for you talk to me about three months like not running you're injured for three months so yeah you that's always in my mind that's always a good test test of character of any really good athlete is what they do so we had carrie carrie o'flaherty on the podcast um hillary allen you know they were out um, but they were, their focus was still there. And that's a test of the difference between an average 
athlete and to me and a good athlete is you know carrie was sitting on the sofa with her, her weights <laughs> she had a broken yeah, metatarsal yeah. you know getting herself yeah. ready again like so what were you doing in those three months because there's no way you could roll up on the 100k and get eight hours what was your time eight hours 39 minutes 30. yeah yeah that's a three-year plan for me you know <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest with you like it started before uh the last one standing i didn't run for two weeks before last one standing because i couldn't um so what i normally do is when it, when i was injured um, like at the start of the year, I had a ligament in my shin and I just started rowing. So I'd row, done a six-week rowing plan to row 50K and that's, that's what I'd done. I set myself a target to row 50K in under four hours. Um, so I ended up doing it in three hours 40. You know, so that sort of kept me focused, but it took me a long time to break the hatred for the rower. Um, like previous yeah. to that, I would have I rowed 5K I'd say about three years ago, and I absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated it. So doing training sessions this time on the rower, I just dreaded it. I dreaded. It wasn't like going out running that you're going great. I love this. You're going in into the gym to sit on a rower, to look at the same wall for two hours, and you're busting yourself. Your heart rate goes through the roof a lot higher than if I was running, and I just wasn't enjoying it. Really, really wasn't. And I think it's more the perseverance of it. You stick with it, and you keep going in you keep grinding it out day in day out and i think that's where sort of the mental strength then comes mm -hmm. in you know so that's where you start to build all this resilience is doing things you don't want to do but making it look like you do that you enjoy it like you know <laughs> the, the mike tyson uh saying you know and that's that's it's exactly what it is like um you know and, and that builds all that mental toughness mental resilience and at the end of the day that's what gets you through the hardest parts of these races because every race you go through you hit you, you hit a slump you hit you hit a wall there's no doubt about it um and it's it's what you do in your head in your body to get you through that part because it will come good again like you just have to believe that it will when you're in that point of this is absolute shit this is the worst you've ever feel in your life and all you want to do is stop just to keep going and keep going and then you see the light again and everything you get this like clarity then once you come out the other side everything seems to brighten up and it's just it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable feeling but you don't really experience that until you go through that that really 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 shit part like it's mad there because when you were talking about the real sh really really shit part i was thinking to myself you know if anybody who hasn't experienced ultra running or experience that they'll be thinking like why would you do that and all i could think of was geez i, <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> i can't wait to get back to that place i was thinking oh that yeah. sounds class because you know the buzz of it yeah. and you know how yeah. hard you've pushed to get to that point you've pushed beyond what you thought was possible for yourself at some stage um and then you come through it and the word clarity yeah. you know we had vagin armstrong on the podcast last week if anybody hasn't listened to that listen to that it's very much yeah about that moment you know and it's yeah. transcendence is what we're talking about you transcend into a different plane mentally and physically so you know when i was running there last weekend do you ever see the film limitless yeah so it's like that joey takes that pill and next <laughs> everything just becomes that's what i related to it just it's something like that and i know people think you're you're crazy you're cracked whatever that's exactly what it's like you see everything more clearly and it's just it's just incredible like it's everything like you know, it's the colors yeah. on the, le the leaves of the trees, you know, the way the wind bends the trees and you're like... It becomes all more defined. You know, everything. You know, you nearly beautiful. see everything. Your, 
yeah, yeah. Your whole vision just becomes so much better. Like. It's just a shame you have to put yourself through Go death through that. <laughs> to get there. I, I, yeah. I, I prefer the film, actually. You know, something can be a little blue tablet. I'm there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll go to, la- I'll go to la- la- last one stand and this weekend just pop pills on the side and watching everybody and clap. Yep, well done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I'm crewing for a friend of mine. Oh, cool. So I'm actually planning on being there as well. Like, um, and I'm going to bring the mic. He's so, on 40 hours this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not actually running it. I've got, um, I'm going to be really disciplined for the next couple of years and start off low, but what I'm going to do is bring the mic and start to interview people through the process. So that'll there be interesting go. to see how that goes down. Now I know the Celtic yeah. plate was very, very close to that. So it's knocked quite a few people out of last one standing, but yeah, listen, you still, I have it down here, I may be wrong, um, but 16th place in the Anglo-Celtic plate. There was some phenomenal, um, we had Katrina Jennings, who was the first she female. She was incredible, man. She was incredible. She is like, a phenomenal. Bro, national Irish record. National record now as well. Seven hours, 43 minutes. Um, we had Katrina on the podcast previously. You know, she came third yeah. in the Comrades. Um, like, you can't underestimate how big of an achievement, no. how great of an athlete she is you know um one of the most iconic ultra run races in the world to come third yeah. you know we should have had the party bus out going around Dublin. <laughs> we should have been yeah. on the topless bus like no, she's she's phenomenal runner absolutely phenomenal runner and to see to see her in action was just incredible like you know how strong she is and you know she's just so focused like you know it was just incredible and incredible achievement for her um to, to, for the for the national record as well like um, you can learn a lot from people like that, can't you? You know, you Absolutely. you think you're being yeah. like I I get it from people like yourselves. You know, you think you're being good and disciplined and working the process, and then oh, you talk to Keith, and then you talk to this person, like, and you're like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my ass off this pity step and do a bit of work, like. But that that doesn't stop, you know. I suppose that's what that the never pod- stops. I suppose never that's what stops. the podcast is all about, you know. And the more ins- yeah. the more you can saturate yourself, you know, and like. People have said to me, like, when, when do you feel like you've, you've made it an ultra runner? And it's a, you never get that. You never feel you have. You never feel you've done enough. Like, you always have stuff to learn. Mm. Um, and if you're not learning, then there's something wrong. You know, like, you have to be learning. If you're not learning, you're not, you're not doing online. it right. If you're, sorry. You know, there's something wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not learning, you haven't pushed hard enough. That's it. Exactly. Or, or pushed far enough. Do you know what I <laughs> mean? You haven't hit the wall. You haven't pushed yeah. far enough either. Um, enough. But you are right. Like, you know, everybody, when they've crossed that line, even if you're first place, I'm sure, like, um, you should, you, the first thing your mind goes to all of the the lessons that you got oh, I you know i could have done this i could have yeah. done that and there's always a bag full of those like no matter what like it's very rarely yeah. i would think when you're going over 50 miles you're gonna have a seamless race like that everything goes right on the day there's no way i don't even know if it exists like but yeah um chris richards was another fantastic he came he was first male um seven hours and 49 seconds i've got here like come oh, on come on chris like sub seconds. sub seven hours come on like what were you playing <laughs> at <laughs> you slowed up coming near the end yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have grabbed that uh bouquet of flowers on the way around at the finish line for flip sakes um but you know what there's one person that does stick out which sort of really hit the scene like you know who i'm gonna say here i'm sure like it's gareth king um, oh, yeah. seven hours 12 minutes 
And Garth is a phenomenal race, yeah. That's one of those, you know, like Garth puts the work in. You know, these these yeah. things do not just happen. Garen has been a very consistent I suppose that's the word. Like, you know, he was he's been quite injury free for a long time, but he, he is he's mad. <laughs> for a better <laughs> word. Um <laughs> but it was great to see him come there and get that oh, result. Brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he broke the Northern Irish record by twenty two minutes. That's unreal. It's like, unreal. Like, you know, it's it's crazy how everybody's progressing and all these records are, are falling now. Do you know what I mean? And people are just gonna get stronger and faster and better, like, do you know what I mean? And because everyone's willing to put the work in. Everyone's so disciplined, you know, and, and that's what it takes, consistency and discipline to get to that point. Um, as you say, it's it's the process of training, um, to be disciplined, to train every day and to, to recover well, because with them distances, if you don't recover well, that's where you start picking up injuries and that's where you, you fall down. And, and injuries like that, you could be out for months, like months. Yeah. I, I don't know what date I started the podcast, but I think we're going about three years now, which is mind blowing. I have yeah. actually seen, because we've sort of gravitated towards the world of ultra running. Um, I suppose that's me being a bit selfish, like <laughs> that's where it's at for me. Like, but, um, you know, I've seen it grow over the, the last, even the last three years. That this grows yeah. long before I was aware of what was going on. But I've seen it, and it's like the backyard is very similar to that. Whereas, like you know, two hundred miles, people broke two hundred miles and two fifty. Like, what will they ever break? Three hundred bang smash out the window. Ordinary people knocking it out, doing that. So now you're inspired by all these people around us. We've got this community of ultra running that's breaking down mental barriers for everybody. You know, we're we're yeah. all doing it for each other as well. And we're also raising the competition, which makes you even more focused and determined. You know, you want to stay up there with those guys as well. So we keep on knocking those doors down, you know. So, like, backyard. Well, I, I can't jump to the last four yet. Um, but I was going <laughs> to talk about Peter Cromie there. You know what I mean? He was so far <laughs> out there. Um, but yeah. look what's happening in the, in the world of the backyard. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, but like, where where is it going to end? Do you know what I mean? Like, is the hundred hours going to go at some stage? Which I'd imagine it will. It's, yeah, because people are definitely learning. There is like nobody can answer that question. I know that, and the good thing now is that nobody can put a limit on it because the answer to that question is we don't know. Whereas before they might have said oh, it might break three hundred miles, but now everyone's yeah. like, f knows. Done well not to curse there, like but. <laughs> but the thing about the, the thing about it is, you need two people to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing about the backyard. <laughs> do you oh, know, that, that fair enough, right. you get one, but you need two. That's right. So talk to me about. We'll jump into the backyard now. So it was fifteenth of May around that. I laugh. It's like, what yeah. date was this on? Uh, it was on four days almost. <laughs> Eight, three yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. So it started on the fifteenth yeah. of May. Adrian 15th of May. and Sammy Day, um, last one standing. Talk to me about your your preparation coming into that and, and what your expectations were. Um, expectations, I don't know because it was my first it was my first ever backyard ultra. So, like I had meant to do the one that you done in Castle Ward the year before, and I I pulled out because I was meant to be doing Marathon of Saab the month later, which also got postponed. So, like the whole year's training then was as I said leading up towards. Um, I was meant to be doing the 24 hour in Victoria Park, um, Belfast Festival of Running to qualify to run for Ireland. But again, 
that was postponed and that was moved out to October of this year. So when I messaged uh, Adrian, I just said to him, like, will you just just take me out of that just and put it on to next year? And he said to me, look, there's this last one standing in in uh, Florida Manor. He says, well, I stick you in for that. I was like, so fuck, I stick it in anyway and I'll see, <laughs> see how I go. Like, you know, but I had to, like, obviously I was doing long distance training because of the 24 hour and I wanted to push hard. So I wanted to break the 220 mark in the 24 hour. So like, I sort of, I realized that my toughest, my toughest time in a 24 hour race was like between two o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning. That was the time where I felt really, really bad. Felt like my energy levels were going, you know, just not with it at all. Um, not take, being able to take in food at that hour in the morning. My body just wanted to completely shut down. So what I did was I started training at them times. So I'd work on a Friday and I come home and I go out running at 12 o'clock and I run till four in the morning and then I go home for two hours and then I go back out for another four hours. So I sort of done that and I sort of built it up to running, going out at 12 o'clock at night and run till eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like with COVID, there was absolutely nobody. You know the way like you'd normally see people coming home from pubs or, you know, the town would be busy. There was nobody. Like it was like a ghost town. The odd taxi would go by me and, and that'd be it. You wouldn't see anyone for for eight hours. Um, just this is a bit off tangent, right? Like, but I remember yeah. I'm sitting thinking I'm giving myself an edit here. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like but I I'd swam there was one time I swam across Carnford Lock and got on the bike and cycled to Dublin and to run the marathon, right? And yeah. I got into there's a little town just past Dundalk or whatever it was, I mean, but it was on Halloween night. <laughs> and I was at the traffic lights and I had to stop at like a half one and everybody was dressed up in, <laughs> in Halloween costumes, you know, so there was a vampire being sick in the bin over here. There was, there was about five witches waiting to cross the zebra crossing. Like, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was sitting on the bike going, is this shit really happening? Am I hallucinating there? <laughs> Just brought that memory back. Um, totally off on a tangent. Like, um, So what type of... You were training like so tell me what your training consists of like are you doing like what is your process like you're doing much gym work are you doing strength and conditioning yeah. are you focusing on your food and nutrition your intake so you identified that you know that fatigue that you get or that habit that your body's in of when it wants to eat you know that's a daily habit so it's hard for your body to turn yeah. off its time so you yeah you isolated that and you worked on that and that's obviously instrumental in what happened. Like, but um, talk to me yeah. about the other things that contribute towards it. Yeah, like I, I have a coach. Um, he's in Dubai, so he puts all my stuff up on training peaks. And we do tempo runs, we do strength and conditioning, and then we do long runs at the weekend. But like, my tempo runs could consist of like five k, five k on, one k off by three, and you're running like sub twenty each time. But you're getting progressively quicker each time and um, then you're doing three k's or you're doing five three two one in kilometers you know with one one k rest so it, it varies and the paces vary and it pushes you to the point of i have to keep going or if i stop i just won't be able to move after that again do you know what i mean so like you are getting that again you're building up that mental resilience of i know i am shattered here but i have one kilometer to go and then i'm done so once you get that to, to that kilometer, you have an easy 1K home and, and that's it. And you feel 
you know, you're, like you feel that so so much better when you get home going. Mm. That that was brilliant. I I absolutely love that training session. Because you would never have done it on your own. That's the thing, and it? it's written down no. there. And it's always like I had Gary for a while, Gary Hamlin, and you know yeah. it would have been seven, <clears throat> seven mi- miles. You know, each mile getting quicker. And then the last one, pyramid, three minute recovery, and then do it again. I was like, "What is he on?" It's like, <laughs> I'm exhausted after work here, you know. But you done yeah. it, and the same as well. You were taking it as mental training as well. You think I'm not gonna oh, just shut up, Robbie. You know, take a deep breath, and where you go again, and then you punch the yeah. air. I had a few moments where I used to punch the air. You know, Fuck, that's fantastic. Like, there's no way I would have done that second set. But that's quite yeah. sharp pace, you know. So. I think one thing that you said there where it varies, you know, mixing it up, I yeah. think that is so important for a runner. Like, Absolutely. Like, it's injury prevention as well. Like, you can't keep flogging yourself because that's how you pick up injuries, little niggles here and there that progress into something major, you know. So recovery is a massive part of it. And that's why when you work in the strength and conditioning then as well, so we do mobility and then you'll be doing – you do a bit of weights as well and because you, you have to build up your core strength and what does what does he say to me no one likes a skinny runner <laughs> so <laughs> but um yeah and it's all it's it's all that sort of thing and and you know it all sort of complements itself and um, we do a program called run strong so it's all it's all about ankle mobility uh your knees your hips all that sort of thing so all your joints um and like it just strengthens up everything. So, like, mm. you know, if you stand on a rock, you go over that, you have that strength that you won't go completely over and do do an injury. Like, um, yeah, and then, like, sessions vary then at the weekend. It's mountain. You could go up and do mountain sessions or it could be just on the road, on flat, on inclines or, you know, it's just so much of a variation. It's important because you're doing a, your your... Like I actually have um, endurance fatigue in one of my quads when I hit about 8,000 feet of climbing, which is for some people, it's a lot of climbing. Like, but we live in the more mountains here. So when I go out for a run, it gets frustrating for me because I'm not tired. I've just yeah. hit 8,000 feet and I get a small flare up in my knee. Um, but I was doing 50, 60 miles a week in the mountains. You know, I'm doing like 10 to 20,000 feet of vert. You'd think your quads are strong. But there's yeah. a certain part of my quad that isn't on the inside yeah. of my thigh. So that that mixing it up on different terrain, different speeds is working all the different muscle groups, which is really important because it only takes one to fatigue to overload another one. And then you're out. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And that's the thing about being so careful as well. And, you know, but as well, it can get into your head of like, if you're running and you're going, you're, you're paying too much attention on it. You're going, can I feel that? Can I feel it now? Can I feel it now? Or you change sort of the way you run to, to feel it and to not feel it, you know. So again, it's a lot, of, a lot of mental games that go on with training yeah. um, and and injuries and stuff like that. Now you did have a good base of strength already coming into this. A lot of people who are really fresh into running, like so, your um, footballing sort of career, for a better word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were yeah. focusing gym work and things like that already. Like so, you knew yourself yeah. around yeah. the gym, which is good. You know, still in all, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't program myself a gym yeah. session same way as I wouldn't program myself a running session, because do you know the way you'd go through, you'd probably go through workouts and you'd be like, oh, I don't, don't like that, one. don't want to do that one today. So you just pick something that you like. Whereas like 
as you say, once it's given to you, that's it. You do it. You've no questions asked. Um, so that's that's why I, I would always recommend somebody to get a coach. Um, don't sort of prescribe your own training sessions because you'll only pick and choose the things you want to do. Yeah, 100%. So the key thing about strength and conditioning coaching, really, it's about identifying what your weaknesses are and focusing on them because you will gravitate towards the things that you like and you like them because you can do them (laughs) and you ignore (laughs) they don't make you feel uncomfortable (laughs) exactly like and you ignore all the things that are are weak in your body but they're the ones that are gonna knock you out at the end of the day like so um but it's because of that it's it's what you talked about with the room machine as well sometimes you have to do these transitional sort of exercises to get you to where you want whether you want you enjoy them or not <laughs> what about nutrition then so this, this is something you know we've talked about before it's extremely difficult for me i've talked to a couple of great coaches martin cox robbie Britton. you know 90 grams of carbs per hour 90 to 120 grams of carbs you're going to say no. no these these guys these guys have you know their athletes are breaking the bob graham round it's too much and they think 120 grams of carbs is an awful lot like it's a lot of eating in an hour. It's Beth Pascal as well, who just won the Western State. You know, she really touched on it as well. You know, by how many gels she's taking every hour. She's taking one every 15, 20 minutes to keep 120 grams of carbs in. But what Jeez. they do is, and this is new for us, I think, is they train their stomach to take it. So there is yeah. a process in the same way as we're training ourselves physically and mentally to be able to take that amount of fuel on. And I think like gut health is so important obviously as well you know to like yeah. i would struggle to take on 40 grams of carbs at the minute every hour on the hour i would get through 15 or 16 hours and boom but there are ways around that i think it's something that it's another part of this learning ladder that we're, we're on and um, that needs to be sort of unpacked a little more and understood can you train your gut well you can train your gut there's the scientific train evidence everything there. you can train everything yeah. your mind your body your, your stomach like I that's I had a nutritionist um, and she was absolutely brilliant and I went to I start <clears throat> started at 90 grams of carbs it was just it was just I found that it was too much for me to take on because when you go to eat again you're full and if yeah. you don't eat then you, you run the risk of running into fatigue so I got to a point that I can eat 60 to 70 grams of carbs that will do me for that hour and I, I will feel full when I get to the the next hour I'm not hungry, but I'll still be able to eat something. It's not looking at something going, geez, I, I can't, I can't even stomach that. That's good. You know, so, and then you have the variation of between sweet and savory. So like if you eat too much sweet, it just gets sickening. Yeah. So once you have a, a bagel or something like bread or or something that's savory with you, that you can just swap the two over. So you don't get sick of one because again, that's going to make you feel sick. Um, and I think that's what worked really really well for me in the backyard because i had it down to this is what i can stomach in an hour this is what i want to take in in an hour now it wasn't like wrote down of like this is hour one this is hour two this hour three it was wrote down but it was movable as in like these are options for each hour you know what i mean so if i didn't fancy say a banana or if i didn't fancy bread or a biscuit you had them you had them options then yeah, because listen, I know I only done fifty odd miles, like when I in Castle Ward that time. Um, but even at that, like for me, that knows what I can take and what I can't take. You know, I opened up 
Um, I went in half-hearted because I had a labrador in a couple of months, blah, blah, blah. Get the excuses out of the way first. Um, <laughs> but when I, you know, you're opening up your picnic box, like, and Yogi Bear wasn't happy. Like, he didn't like anything in his box. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Like, I, I can't eat any of this. What has happened? You know, and that's what yeah. happens. So it's nice to have that sort of, it has to be, you can't, that's one aspect where you need to you need to be able to adapt and just go with the flow because your mind takes over there as well you know your mind tells yeah. you what you can't and can't take you know you think a lot of those thoughts are yours all those decisions are yours it's not your mind's actually helping you there yeah but like you look at something and you can feel your stomach turning <laughs> yeah. you know and you just know if i take this in it's not going to be good so i'm just not going to take it in but then what you do is then you sacrifice food and taking on nothing so then you sacrifice fatigue which then you sacrifice your race so it's a knock-on effect to that of basically not being able to run because you haven't taken in the proper fuel that you need to take in i feel like i want to get a nutrition coach to help me do that right and that's me being yeah. friggin lazy again to be honest a nutrition coach will help you to understand what's happening so so a strength and conditioning coach is a nutrition coach a running coach yeah. you're building them it's up. really it's really cheap you know <laughs> Um, I'm going to put an advert at the end of this. Um, join Robbie Marsh's strength and nutritional classes. Like. <laughs> um, but to be honest, like the strength condition is, is very solid. You need to identify your weaknesses. Yeah. You need an assessment done. You need a plan around that. Um, you definitely need expertise on that. One thing about nutrition, whether you want to spend money on it or not, is recording what works for you and what doesn't you know there's that just takes you miles ahead like it's yeah. you think you're learning from it but you do forget you know you'll have a good race you'll eat something on the hour you know you might be at mile 15 whatever type of race you're doing you eat something and you feel great again you can go again and some days you get the fueling right and you have a good race like get a pen out and write that shit down like That's it. You, you know what i mean but it's not not even on race days day to day eating days exactly, so yeah. i I have two shopping lists. One is Monday to Wednesday, which is sort of low training days. Then it's Thursday to Sunday, which is my high mileage days, which is high carbohydrate days. So that I used to race, I used to race at like 69 kilos. I normally 74 kilos. So he's losing about five kilos when I was at the height of my training. So once I was going to race, I was five kilos down. Now, when I race the backyard ultra, I was 74 kilos racing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, the, the preparation I'd done on nutrition the weeks leading up to that had stood to me that I, I hadn't even lost a pound and I was I was covering like 120k in 12 hours training. Do you know what I mean? So that sort of thing. And again, like when you lose weight, your body breaks down, you start to get sick, you start to get injured. So like you need to, you need to keep that element of weight on you, especially for long distance that you're going to be burning body fat anyway. If you don't have it on you, so food yeah. is key. It sounds like you're doing all the right things. You know, you were, you were testing what works for your body, what doesn't work for your body. Everybody is so independently different in, when it comes to fuel. But you have, you've identified in what it sounds like, what we've talked about so far, all those areas where it can go wrong and focused on them. Yeah, I think like I sort of, Jeez, I, I definitely don't have the ex like massive experience. You know what I mean? Like I started ultra running in 2019. So just from what I've done and, and how races have affected me and how food has affected me and nutrition, 
I struggled with nutrition for a long, like for the last year and a half, and I just could not get it right. Um, and then I just I hired, I got a nutritionist, and she was brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. And give her a plug there. Who is she? Uh, Emma Brennan. She's uh, she's she's down Galway or Sligo okay, way. Cool. Um, and you know she she started giving me this like eat this percentage of carbs, this percentage of protein. I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> I just I haven't a clue what's in what. I says just do what. Give me three options for breakfast, three options for lunch, three options for dinner, and that's what she done. She broke it down, and that's that's just what I ate. And there was such a variety as well that you didn't get sick of it. Because um, I get sick of something fairly quick if you're eating it all the time or every week. Um, so the variety of it and it was just it was just brilliant, like you know. And and I think once you sort of sort of start to nail down, say your training, your nutrition, your strength and conditioning, then you have to look at the percentages. So you basically have to delve deeper into it to say, right, what is going to give me that little bit extra? What is going to give me that, you know, extra kilometer? What's going to give me that extra fifty meters? You know, so you have to dig deeper. Once you get it nailed down to a point, you still have to go deeper and deeper into it to see what is going to give you that extra yard to make you better. And once you're getting better each time by a yard or half a yard, that's that's what you want. You're still progressing. You're still moving forward. For us young ultra runners, I don't mean age. I mean <laughs> into the world of ultra running. COVID couldn't have hit a worse time for us and from that type of yeah. perspective because you're learning from the races. That's your real it's opportunity. Experience. And you experience are, by racing. Yeah, yeah you, you can't read experience. You know, you can't pick up a book and read that. Like, you can only gain that for yourself. No. And it sort of pulled the rug from beneath a lot of us as well because you're on that path. Um, yeah. Some people didn't get on the pity step like me. <laughs> and they got into a row machine. Um, <laughs> so the backyard then, right? Coming up to that race... Or that event yeah it's hard to know what way to describe it to be honest like, <laughs> um fantastic like um i don't know how many people was on the lineup in may um it was a bit difficult with the COVID situation and things like that but it, all of a sudden it was yeah. going ahead let's get there what type of things did you bring with you for that morning uh brought a friend of mine <laughs> always helps always helps, always you got helps. A friend. yeah um what i bring like, brought, I brought pretty much all, like all the food that I would have been training with, plenty of water, plenty of tailwind. Um, what type I don't of foods? Use, what type of foods? So I use uh, pop tarts, um, rice krispie squares, dates, <laughs> bananas. Um, then you'd have sort of bagels or uh, sourdough bread, and you know, so you have variation there of sweet and savory, like yeah. you're saying, like that's you sort of just have to swap and change it. And then Weetabix as well, and say uh, pot noodles um, as well. So normally I'd have one of them, say a banana and a bottle of Tailwind. So it's nearly having a bottle of Tailwind every hour, which is like 25 to 30 grams of carbs. And then you have like a banana, which is about 30 grams of carbs. So that's 60 grams of carbs every hour is what I was taking in. And Sort of do, you, do you take anything to settle your stomach then because tailwind's great i found those nine weeks i found that tailwind was fantastic see if i took a gel on top of it my stomach would just go because it's too no. much sweet the two of them combined together i had to, i yeah. have to keep them i either go down the tailwind path or the gel path i can't mix the two that's what happened to me on saturday in uh, the acp i was taking gels i haven't took gels in a while um, and i took gels doing a morton gels mm. and tailwind and about 55k 
I just had, I got sick then. Just it was all just yeah. foam and fucking gel. <laughs> belly. Halloween, so sexy, Halloween came early. <laughs> just, yeah, the joys of ultra running. But um, so yeah, you take no, anything like, to settle your stomach then when you're taking... no, I don't take anything to settle my stomach. No, um, I don't drink the flavor tailwind. I drink just the natural flavor yeah. tailwind because again that sweet flavor of like strawberry it just it just doesn't agree with me so the natural one is just like water but just with a phase in it i suppose or a foam in it i do find the, ba- um, the bagels and stuff like that set, help to settle the stomach you know get, you, yeah, in yeah, your head you're yeah. giving you, you're giving your stomach a bit of a lining like aren't you exactly and that with a cup of tea as well like you know it's like a holiday <laughs> by the way for the weekend i had a cup of tea and bagels <laughs> <laughs> so important but yeah yeah. When I when I'm in the mountains here guiding, people just are shocked how much I eat. Because if somebody says, "Do you want one of these? Do you want one of that?" I just eat it, <laughs> and constantly. But I never get tired in the mountains. Like and yeah. like, there's jackets coming out. <laughs> and when you got a group of twenty people offering you food, like you're rolling back down the mountain. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, but in my mind, and I think this is key when we're doing long distance thing. If you can eat, eat. Do you know what I mean? If, if food is going in let it go in but fuel is so important on the day obviously it is absolutely yeah because like without it you just get fatigued and you can't carry on so like there's so many different aspects to racing that come together to make it be able to go further i like it so talk to me about the mental aspects we have got the master um the master of the backyard there peter crommy from a mental perspective that man loves to play games like oh stop yeah. <laughs> he's got it down to he team. tried he tried he tried oh he he definitely met his match on this one like i was eager to actually run the podcast straight after it i said oh i want to know how that <laughs> went that went down like um, i wanted to make sure before i started the podcast up again that i was able to consistently do it. i didn't want to stop start so um, yeah. i was really looking forward to this like so i'll not get to the 40 hours etc so tell me how it went at the at the beginning and how it sort of eased into that sort of format and that race well like before the race i i never met peter before but obviously i heard a lot about him and looking at the uh, uh, at uh, atlas run in facebook it was like peter's the man to win this like he's won, won it three times previously and it's like you know you're going out here and it's like look i go for as long as i can um would I be able to compete with them is another question. Like I haven't, I've never done it before. It's a new thing to me. Um, and I went, I just basically went with the mind frame of that. I'm showing up to the start line every hour. And there was, it was a non-negotiable. Um, and I said this to, to me, Stephen, my friend and my brother. Um, I said, look, it's a non-negotiable. No matter what happens, we're showing up to the start line every hour. If I time out, I time out. That's, mm. that's a different story. And um, that's what I have to deal with. But the main thing is that every hour we're going to stand on the start line ready to go. It's an interesting race though, isn't it? Like, so if you think about the yeah. first 24 hours, it's the warm up, really, isn't it? The first <laughs> 24 much, yeah. hours is the warm up. Anything can happen though. Anytime, you know, your stomach can go, you can get a little niggle, little things going in the back of your head <laughs> yeah. um, to try and trick you and stuff like that. But after 24 hours, something happens, doesn't it? But we, we, we still had like, I think we still had 31 at a uh, hundred mile. It was, a f- this really was like the backyard of backyards. Fair play to yeah. Sammy. Like, you know, we've been watching this yeah. for the last two or three years evolve and really like 
I know we hear this all the time, you know, but when I'm going to bed and getting up the next day and going to work, they're like, holy shit, like, they're still at it. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's yeah. fascinating about it. But 31 people hit the 24 hours. 24 hours. And to be honest, like, the amount of messages I got after it, just saying people that have no interest in running, it, it gripped so many people that it started on a Saturday morning and it was still going on Monday evening or Tuesday morning. Do you know what I mean? It, people were just waking up in the middle of the night going, have to check, have to check to see if it's still going. You know, it was just phenomenal how, how many people were tuning in to watch it. Like, imagine, you know, people, imagine that was in the Olympics. It started yeah. on day one. <laughs> it need to start on day one. Still going, still going on the last day. But, you know, that would that would shock the world, to be honest, you know, on how yeah. that's exactly what Ultra Runner needs. These phenomenal people with unbelievable mental strength that actually yeah. empowers the person that's watching it. I think it's I think it's the whole thing of like not knowing when it's going to finish. I think that's the one that gets most people is like they think too far ahead in the race rather than thinking in the moment or in the hour that you're in or or just running the next one. You know, you're thinking like well, 24 hours, god, we could be here this time tomorrow. We could be still doing the same thing. And that's when it starts to get in and it's like mm. They start to panic so uh, you have to just sort of be in the moment that you're in and when you finish one hour it's right i'll do one more i'll do one more i'll do one more and that one more becomes 10 more or 15 more that that is so key though isn't it staying present yeah johan steen we had on the podcast as well is one of the best backyarders um, yeah yeah somebody you'd love to aspire to in your ultra running but it's exactly. it's, it's just that you know, Vagin Armstrong last week as well, he runs just for that. You know, yeah. he, he's a very spiritual type of runner, like, and he he's one of the best in the world because of that. Of yeah. being able to yeah. stay in that moment and sort of transcend onto into what's happening right now. And because yeah. I remember walking around, sorry, running around. <laughs> I was walking around thinking, this is shit, actually, you know. I've done all these podcasts on backyards. I've fucking just gone round in loops like this is. I hate this. <laughs> like, this is shit. And I'm like, but like the week before, a couple of weeks before, I I was doing like 28 miles, 36 miles on the actual course, thinking this is class. I love this, you know. Yeah. And it's only because I was like, you know, 50 miles. Do I want to go another 50 miles? You know, you can't do that. You have no. to stay where you are in your head in this moment. And not think ahead like that has to be you've already mentioned about getting your body mind and nutrition right you talked about not dying in the chair you know that's a yeah. perfect like Massive, you have to time perfect, out yeah. and have that in your head the next one is if you if, if this if we're writing um a how-to is do not think ahead you know if you can see, not. If, if you can see like 20 meters down the path then let your mind go to the 20 meters but don't go past around the corner like you know you have to yeah. stay in, in what's in your what's around you like it's so important that's it and like at the end of the day it comes down to a hell of a lot less than that it comes down to like that two yards in front of you because you're not looking up you're looking straight on the ground which is two yards ahead of it and that's all you're worried about is getting to that that point and then you get to that point and then you get to that point you know as the race went on that's what it came to it came to like i had every point on the on the track of where i started running where I started walking, where I jogged, you know, I hit that point. This was morning, noon and night. When I hit that point, that's exactly what I done. I knew 
how long it took me to get from one of them points to the next point. So at night when you're coming through the forest, you know, you couldn't really see. You had a head torch, but the head torch would only show you what you're looking at. Um, but it took me about two and a half minutes to get from the start of that forest path out to the archway. So I knew if I went in and I looked at my watch and it was like a minute and a half in, I knew right in a minute's time I'm going to be hitting that archway is what I want to see. And then you walk up the little ramp and around, you just jog around the little courtyard and then you walk up the ramp and back down and around. So I knew I could visualize it when I was running it. The only thing is like as, as the time wore on, <clears throat> you got more mentally tired. You had to like your mind just starts to, to wander. You know, it starts to think of all mad stuff like and you just had to bring it right back to where you were at that point in time. Like at one point, I couldn't even remember what county I was running in. So I had to it took me like I'd say about 10 minutes to, to remember what county I was running in. And then you're telling yourself I'm running a race to get around this path to get back to the start line to see the lads and then to do it again. And you're, you're talking to yourself, saying this. Like, if someone walked by you and heard you, they'd be like, you need to, let alone you're running around for so many hours, but you need to be locked up. Like, But that's what you have to come down to. When you get that far, I listened to, I actually listened to John and Matt, and Matt finished at, 20, at 80 hours, and he said he came back, and he said he forgot what he was doing. And I, I was like, going, that's, you, I can totally relate to how that can happen. You know, that you just completely forget. And I know it's, it's, it sounds daft like that. How can you forget what you're doing? Like, so you're just running around, but you just, your mind just completely goes, you, you become like a robot that, you know, you're doing the same path the whole way. But that's why once you feel that, that it, it's starting to wander, you have to be able to nearly pull it back in and talk to yourself of like, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, and this is what I need to do. And and you just have to keep doing that in, in sequence all the time. Um, you sort of reminded me of Will Haywood and Maggie Gooderall there, and that was an epic showdown, whereas Will Haywood actually forgot he was in the race. And he yeah. thought he was back in, I can't remember where, where he lives, where he was living, it's not China, but anyway, somewhere out there. And he thought he was running the trails there, yeah. Um, until wow. one, until it's, one it's, of the guys come and got him and said, he he totally <coughs> forgot he was in the race. He just thought he's out for a, a, tr- a run, like a training run somewhere through at home. Yeah. And um, that was epic. Like getting to that point though, like, so that's one aspect. So you are breaking it down as well into chunks, small chunks. You know when to start and when yeah. you run again. It's just distracting your mind all the time. Having okay, Exactly. I get to this tree now. I can start running this stretch because I know it's flat and a little bit of downhill. And then when you get to the corner of the downhill, I'm going to walk again because there's a little bit of a gradient up. So you're distracting your mind the whole time. Um, God yeah. knows how many times. Keeping yourself occupied. You're keeping yourself occupied all the time. like you know, And, and that's what your mind needs. It needs to be occupied. If you let your mind go dormant that's how you start to just lose all trail at all so because you have these points even by time and by points that you come to whether it be a stone or whether it be a dip in the road that's where you stopped once you hit that your mind automatically says right this is where i walk or this is where i jog so this was a real unusual i called it the backyard chaos for that reason like you know there's 31 people hit 24 hours which was mind-blowing anybody who was watching it was like yeah. 
Jesus, what are they giving at the fuel station? <laughs> Adrian, yeah, Adrian yeah. and Sam here, like jacking these guys up <laughs> or something. Like, I think they knew they were going to be there for a long time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think it was the fifth person sort of dropped out at around 37, around that. I think it was from memory. And so that left four people. Yeah. And then something quite amazing happened in the world of backyards running. So four people. Um, yourself, Amy, Peter, and Jivier, yeah, um, start this almighty battle of the giants. Then normally, you know, it goes down to two people, but it didn't. Like it went on with for four people. So, and I'm sure, you know, after 37 hours, that's a, that's new. There's four of us, but then when we hit 48 hours, you know, you're hoping everybody's gonna, people are gonna start to drop off. 48 hours, good target, 200 miles, well done. But everybody yeah. continued on what was it in, your, in yeah. your head at that point like because that was like a holy shit what's going on here like well you see this is where the buying game started to come into it and <laughs> this is where peter i was sort of situated in the tent peter was in the corner and i was just down from him you know and his, his uh i think it was his dad was there at the time and they said that like this is i think it was about probably eight hours before it got dark and they said right we're going to start charging head torches you know, so eight hours till they got dark. It's like, <laughs> so my the lads that were with me were like, oh yeah, good, 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 good thinking. So they start charging head torches as well, you know. Um, so it was never a thing of like, oh Jesus Christ, they're starting. To, they're they're planning to be here for a long, long time because like, yeah. the, I was off work for the week, and I had trained for this for hundreds of hours. So I didn't want to be or need to be anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't have wanted to finish up there, go home and be watching it on Facebook going, I shouldn't have dropped out. I should be there. So this was my thing of like, I don't want that. I want to be here. Um, and this was a thing of like, this is what I've trained to do. This is what I want to do. And this is how, you know, this is, this is a battle of, is your mental strength as much as you think it is? It's an opportunity. Yeah. It was an opportunity for you as well, like wasn't it really? Yeah. As an opportunity from a perspective of I've done all this training, you know, I feel I have this in me. Well, it's time to walk the walk, like that's it? it. Absolutely, yeah. Pro- prove what you've been saying all along is that you can do this, like you know. And I suppose the biggest thing for me as well was like at the time, like when I was racing with Alana and that, like it was always like I told her I'd get her to the finish line all the time, and then it was like doing this here is like now I have to prove that. Do you know, now I have to prove because at the end of the day, to get to that finish line, you had to win. You know, yeah. so you had to be there longer than everybody else. I, I was one of those people that was at home watching it. <clears throat> and like, it was so empowering for me. Um, I think for ultra runners who have experienced some sort of depth of despair and understand the emotional roller coaster and how hard it is to continue. You know, you almost, I'm a very empathetic person. I can sort of relate to what's going on with people. <clears throat> so I'm not saying I was at home, yeah. <laughs> like throwing up, taking gels and stuff, yeah. trying to get through it. It almost felt like that though, you know, and I understood um, what your story was, especially from the interview that we had. Yeah. And sort of you connect with people with that. And like I was thinking to myself, like, this is going to take a lot to knock Keith down. This is class. Like, this is so interesting. Because you talk about your why. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you've cleared what well, you've just said that you've cleared your diary as well. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. Better. You know, you have stripped all of the other worldly distractions away. Yeah. 
and you're there for one reason. Um, how, like, when, who was the first person to go out? So Amy went out first of the four. Amy went out for 59 hours. Like 59 hours. So just to put it in perspective, you know, the, the record before that was Jill McCann. Right. 32 hours that's right yeah like my god another 27 hours on like jill's phenomenal she's yeah. been on the podcast phenomenal backyarder but to knock another 27 hours she was she actually broke the record for uk and europe that's right yeah 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 you know to even be there like how did that make you like were you getting sort of a even though you're in the <laughs> It was very fatiguing, the lack of tiredness and all that good stuff at 59 hours. Like, you were talking two and a half days. <laughs> yeah. Like, were you feeling that you were a part of something special? I don't think at the time we really realised what was going on in, say, online with, with what was happening on, on Atlas Running and stuff like that and the amount of people that were watching it. Um, like, the lads were just telling me that a few people were texting just to say best luck or keep going or whatever, you know, but... The magnitude of it's only when when you finish and you look back on you know a few of the posts that went up or the live feeds um every hour and the amount of messages the amount of it was just it was just insane like how how, how it took off you know like mm. i'd say like around i suppose 30 hours there's there's a good few people tuned in but as it goes on and as it goes on more and more people seem to tune in and more and more people seem to go what's going on here? What's this about? You know what I mean? Start to get intrigued by it. And, and like, I don't know if they think you're mad or they think like, Jesus, like they're gone for whatever, 300 kilometers or 350 kilometers. And they're still going, you know, wh where does it end? And, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people sort of didn't realize what the format of the race was, but after a few hours, they saw, I think they found out fairly quick <laughs> what way it was, mm -hmm. but, yeah, it was, you know. You you know, it's not that we think people aren't thinking that they're mad. They're they're seeing the human spirit. You know, that's 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 just it. You know what I mean? You, this shell is just broken down, and you're seeing look, what human beings are capable of doing. And we know it's such an emotional thing. <clears throat> you know, it's such a mental, sh like three people going over sixty hours, four people at sixty hours, like before you would have been lucky to see one. Yeah. So something was really special going on here. And it's like, wow. It's like watching Rocky 20. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, bang, bang, bang. We felt it. That's the first time I felt it when I was young was watching Rocky, you know? It's like, yay, come on, Rocky. Yeah. And, but it's that type of, I'm, I'm not describing it very well. Like, but No, I but I think understand. like, I, I think when, when there was four of us there for that length of time, you know, you, there comes a point where you sort of go, like, What's it going to be like to actually keep hanging on and keep hanging on? Do you know what I mean? And be the third last, second last, and then to win it. You know, these things do sort of enter your head. Um, and then it's like, what's it going to take for me to drop out? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be the one that drops out. Because as you said, like you're part of something unbelievable. You drop out, that's gone then. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's it. That's done. You know, until you do it again you know and and i suppose hanging on there to to to, to, to be the last one like you know it was just it was just insane like it was 
you know, I never said, like, I'd never imagined being in that position or being able to be in that position or put myself in that position. Then it's like, so what is your breaking point? What is the point of which that you will stop? Or what's the point that you feel that you have to stop? Um, Lazarus Lake is a master, isn't he? Like, yeah. he's a mastermind because that's exactly, you've sort of described exactly why he designed the race. Um, and I never forget when he said to John Kelly when he beat the Barkley, he finished his last person to finish the Barkley, and he apologized to John Kelly. He said, I'm sorry you didn't get to find out how far you could go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that, isn't yeah, it? Like, it is, yeah. Because you didn't, you like it's it's different, obviously, when the event finishes and the second person drops out because you are holding that inside you and it purges. Yeah. So once you get the last look, there's no way you could do any more. Yeah. But you didn't really get to find out, you know, if somebody had gone for another 10 loops, could I have gone another 10 loops? Because the last person standing doesn't get to find out yeah. how far. All they get to do is see how far the, the, the second, second last person exactly. could go. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, obviously, and every person that wins it would say, I could have went longer. Do you know what I mean? No doubt about it to say I could have went longer. And that's just what it is. I, and I know I could have went longer. No doubt about so it. So the beauty, oh, I'm jumping ahead because I want to get, I want to, I want to talk about the moment Pete dropped out and then Javier dropped out. Like, but the good thing about the structure is when you win the backyard, you go into the world championships <laughs> as he likes, he was calling them. Um, we'll talk about that in a second though. So talk to me about, because it happened very quickly then, didn't it? Like, yeah, so, it did. You know, Amy won out of 59. And then uh, I think Peter, Peter Peter went out at sixty one, um, and like it's amazing what happens in these races that like one goes you think everyone else will get stronger, but it actually gives everybody that bit of oh Jesus it's it's starting now do you know what I mean this is where people are going to start dropping <laughs> out and it happened you know um, Amy went and then Peter went about two hours after he went on sixty one and. He was saying on 60, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is my last one. And then he went out on 61. Do you know what I mean? So I knew this is where he's going to start playing, trying to get sort of me to settle, yeah, relax yeah. myself. And once you relax yourself, you feel everything then. You know what I mean? So, um, look, myself and Peter were having to crack and chat the whole time. But I knew once he started this, this is, this, this is what he wanted, you know? And, Look, you could say that all day to me. It just doesn't go in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just. I, I've seen Peter. I've seen Peter saying that at twenty hours, saying this is not my day. I remember he was in the room with Sean um, Nickel. Yeah. And it was my first experience, and the two of them were there, like, and he's going, "Oh, this isn't my day. Like, I'm pff, one more loop, and that's me out." Like. <laughs> and Sean just lifted his eyelid to me, and he says, "Don't listen to him. <laughs> Don't listen to yeah. him." Yeah. <laughs> always that. Twenty, and he actually won that one. Yeah. You know. Um, so what was that like then when he didn't, did he, did he time out or did he not go? He didn't go Stanley? again. Um, I think his father had the car packed up and told him to get in. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. How did that feel though? What, what did that do to your head then? Because, um, well, no respect to Jivier, but it's the fact he's got this, you know, three times winner of the backyard. Um, if one, if you'd wanted one of them to drop out on the third one, you would have, Peter was the best one maybe to go yeah, from a yeah. confidence point of view. Absolutely. Well, for sure, like especially, but you would have expected him to be second last 
or, or, or yeah. there till the end anyway. Um, and it was it was surprising now that he did go. I thought it was just mind games that he was playing. Um, and then when it came to myself and GV, like it was just like, you know, it's going to be you or me, you know, and it's not going to be me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You looked. Like you done a good job of looking strong all the way through. I have to say that, like, you know, um, I don't look that good after <laughs> like 10 hours sleep on a Saturday morning after a week of work. Like, I was like, like he just looks so strong. Um, that had to be part of it in your mind was that you wanted to give that energy out, didn't you? You wanted to give that illusions, maybe not the right word, but pers- perspective or perception is the word. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, my my i suppose strategy was like if i went to sleep wake up on the three whistles and be at the start line every time on the f- with one whistle so i was on the start line nearly first all the time um or walking down to it on the, on the final whistle um and that was the strategy the whole way through and that's what i stuck to the whole way through um so i think if i sort of strayed away from that if i was just making the start line just as they were going or whatever you know, it give other people confidence. But the fact that I was on the start line pretty much the same time all the time, I was standing there when the rest were walking down, you know, it's like I was relentless. This was never going to stop for me. You know, this is what I was going to do for 60 hours, 70 hours, 80 hours. And I still do the same thing over and over again. Um, like, I suppose, I think it's grabbing your, your rest when you can as well is, is important. I got to about 49, 50 hours and I wanted a time out, to be honest with you. I was running up the road and I was going, I just, I just walk and I just time out and that'll be it, that'll be grand. You know, at least I didn't, mm. I didn't not go to the start line where I timed out, which was going to be, which is okay at the time. And then you, yeah. st- as I said, like you have to sort of pull your mind back to tell yourself to cop on, like, and just get around to the finish line get a bit something to eat, get a bit of rest and see how you feel. Do you know what I mean? Go on the next loop, see how you get on if you feel the same. And I went back to this, I went back to the tent and I just said to my brother, I says, I'm, I'm wrecked. And he, there was a bed and he says, lay down there. And I slept for eight minutes and he woke me up and it was the best sleep I ever got. It was the eight <laughs> minutes. Honest God, it was like completely new person again um, after eight minutes. What, eight what minutes was, sleep. what was your, what times were you coming in around then? Were you coming in around 50 minutes or um, just generally? What was your strategy? 46 to 48 minutes every time. Yeah. So you're pushing quite hard for a backyard, really. Yeah, well, you're getting 12 to 14 minutes rest. Now, like, look, it's, it's oceans of time to do your bits and pieces. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And if you, if you go with sleep on the three whistles, I was waking up. So I basically had two minutes to eat something and I brought a drink with me. So, so you've like two minutes to eat something is, is loads of time. And as I said, like training here all hours at night, I was feeding myself. Like, so I'd have my van parked outside and I had food and I had a jet boil. Like I'd boil water, make tea and eat a, a banana bread in three minutes. So I had it all down to time of time management, really. And yeah. the lads were brilliant as well. You know, they'd, they'd come in, they go, what do you want? And they'd make whatever. And then when I woke up, they had it there ready to go. Um, or just walking down the start line and grab a banana and, and a bottle of tailwind and just sort of eat it there and go. So the, the sleep has to be a key aspect. And we sort of knew that for the people that yeah. are going past 48 hours. 
you know, it's like, I think that's one of the lessons maybe Will learned as well. Will Haywood, when he's up against Maggie Goodrell, it was just resting her eyes for a couple of minutes after each, each loop. And, you know, if you add up four minutes over 24 hours, you've had a couple of hours sleep there. That's it. And to be honest with you, you have to start that early. You know, you get yourself, like, there, there is a lot of noise around, like, there's people beside you. So it's hard to close your eyes. It's hard to relax because you're, you're on high alert. That's at the start. As people whittle down, it becomes a bit quieter and you become more tired. So you throw the blanket over your head and you're gone. <laughs> you're asleep, <laughs> you know. But um, And then you, you hear the whistles. Yeah, you are on high alert. You hear the whistles anyway. But on the 50, 49, 50 hours, I didn't hear a thing. My brother woke me up and I jumped. Like, um, but I never, ever did not want to go to the start line. I was always mm. up, ready to go. Three whistles, I was standing up. I was eating and I was starting to make my way out of the tent. I started heading down. There was never a question that I wasn't heading to the start line. So with, I call him Jivier, so I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his, his name wrong. Like I always had an A on the end of it, which is wrong. But I can't stop doing <laughs> it, so sorry. Um, so you're still in the process with him, no matter what, you know, whether Peter's fallen, a little bit of emotion rolls, but you're back into the process again. So it doesn't really change until he drops and you've got one more loop to do. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that loop because I, I can only assume that's when, to be honest, when I was watching, I almost felt a tear come to my eye because I could feel the emotions that must be running through you, um, based on you know carrying a lanner on your shoulder, yeah, around there, and it's bound to have all purged out on that loop, yeah. Um, you know, you sort of go from the highest to high to lowest to lows to the highest to highs. You know, and mm. like running, running for for sixty three hours, um, is like something. In twenty sixteen, I never thought even imaginable. You know, but to be standing here on the start on the start line with just me and GV left at sixty two hours done, you know, it's just so surreal. And you do your emotions do start to build up, but at that point in time, I couldn't let that overcome me because he was still there. You know, we, he was starting with me on that lap. Um, it was getting cold. Like, we had two hours left before it got light again. And my focus was get these two laps done, then we're back light again, and we have a full day of running. Do you know what I mean? Because once you're in the day, you're, you get this whole rejuvenation and until the, until the night again and worry about that when it comes so i was completely prepared to be running all the next day um but we sort of took off and gb was always a little bit slower than everybody else he, he, he finished his laps in like 55 minutes or 56 minutes um but two laps previous to that he struggled um i seen him came in and he was he he was very fatigued but he came out the following lap and he was grand again but I knew he was starting to, to weigh on him. Like, um, so on that lap, the la this last lap then we went out and we went down. You have to go down and you have to go up around the manor and then you come back through the start line again and then around the back. Whereas I was come, I came back down around the back to head up to the manor again. GV was crossing me and his fellow, his support crew was with him and he said, I'm done, I'm done. And I was like, are you sure? And I wanted him to keep going, <laughs> but yeah. he says, no, I'm done. So 
you know yourself in, in backyard, you can't take what anybody says. You know, he could have, I could have relaxed a bit and end up in bits, like, you know, and then he passed me down in the forest. So I didn't, I didn't, I just left it. Um, I went on, obviously. Um, I just said, thanks very much, shook his hand, gave him a hug, and I went on. And I was coming back up. I had to go around the manor again. Then I was turning right to head down through the forest. And uh, Nick uh, came down to me and he says, he says two things. He says, Jeevy's definitely gone. He says, just finish this lap within the hour. And he says, y- you've won. And I was like, fuck. I was just shocked. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it just, it sort of dawns on you then that you've, you've just become the last person in this race. You know, something that you've strived to do for the last 63 hours, two and a half days running. Um, so it was, it was a matter of like, don't get fucking lost. <laughs> you know, I ran the same lap for 62 hours. The, my biggest fear on that one was getting going the wrong way or getting lost. Um, but I, I went halfway down, I came out of the forest and a friend of mine was down there and uh, he was just screaming and shouting and roaring at me, you know. Um, and I had to just tell him to let go of me because I still had to finish the lap in, in under the hour. <laughs> <laughs> but you walking with him dragging yeah. you, you're like, get off. Yeah. I still need to finish this damn thing. Like. Yeah. Um, and I suppose coming back in, coming back in around and down towards the start line, you know, in these ultra races, like there's not crowds of people at the finish line, you know, and this is what's so special about them is like, it's not for that. This is for you and you, like, and the people that are supporting you. You know, there was my brother, my friend, I think Adrian, and I think that was it. Like, do you know what I mean? That was at the that, that was at the finish line. Everybody else was back at work. God, yeah, back working. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it just sort of, I suppose, it dawns on you then that like you've been running for two and a half days and. The place that you arrived in on Saturday does not look like the same place that you finish in on, on Tuesday morning. You know, it's you look around and everything is just so, it's like, I know it's like, I kept saying, it just feels like deja vu. And they're like, oh, of course it is, because you're fucking running around for the last two and a half days. But it did, there was just something, something just so looked so different about it. Um, and that was the, the thing that got me most. But like, I think once, once then, when you sort of relax your whole body, you start to feel that pressure on your legs. Then I was going home. My brother was driving my van and I had my feet up in the dash and I had my feet on the ground. It just got so sore, like just so sore, just muscle soreness. But look, nothing takes away from having the, the gold medal in your hand, you know, the gold coin and, and well, a 200 mile uh, coin as well. Um, Obviously a very proud moment, like... How, how was it after about three or four days when you saw a body? Oh, it's horrible, isn't it, when you do a long ultra and your body's broken? Like, there's there's a couple of weeks of repair and recovery there. Yeah. But emotionally, how was it? You know, because you've been a, you've been through a lot more than most. You know, over the last few years, and to come out with that achievement, like it, it's bound to bring it all together for a moment. Yeah, it does because, like, you know, without Lana, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today and there's there's absolutely no question about that so I have so much to be thankful to her for she, like she brought this to me like um mm. and that's why I feel blessed that I had a land in my life because I would never have discovered this this life and that's what it, it's yeah. it is a life now it's a lifestyle and I'm enjoying it and I love every bit of it and I'll keep doing it for as long as I can 
we, we called the last podcast actually the gift of ultra running yes and that was about alana's gift to you um, which is very fitting seeing where you've come to like yeah. um but you know that lives that gift then and that inspiration that we we're talking about like i'm somebody who's been sort of ultra running more longer than you yeah. have been like and i inspire towards you you know to to the level of what you've done and that commitment and that process you inspire people like me and that's what alana has done you know that inspiration that alana gave you yeah and that energy is still alive and you're still now you're handing that out to other people or aware or not aware of it you know there's loads of people listen to me saying that and they feel exactly the same way yeah these amazing people that you're inspiring like yeah it's not you know like i get messed off people to say like you're an inspiration and stuff like that i like i don't set out to be that you know i i set out to be me i to do my best and you know i suppose show what good work ethic does and, and hard work does and discipline and you know and, and confidence as well because i think like how you train builds confidence too and if you can have confidence in yourself you know you can do anything you can do anything you want the backyard now so laz has released i've got it here a list of all of everybody that's going to the backyard yeah the only thing is holy shit we're struggling with visas we're struggling with visas what date is it what date's it on um the 16th of october oh you'll be grand I so luckily so the 9th of 9th of september i think yeah but um the struggling with visas. Europe, europeans and the english are restricted from going into the us at the minute laz is working on getting a national interest exemption visas so there's there's 34 of us that need a visa to get in and he wants this race to go ahead now what's happening in afghanistan now is sort of put a, a dampener on the visas because the people that he was in touch with have now moved into trying to look after this sector so he says now we're back to square one again um he's still what if they open up the borders like if they open up the borders are you good to go or not it's just an s that you need isn't it yeah 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 just i don't know i to be honest, i don't really know what way it works to be honest um, yeah i think what's happening because um i'm going to be doing the barclay classic in on the 18th of september oh very good so we're we're sort of hanging with that as well at the minute right um and i'm, I'm sitting wondering <laughs> down south as it gets darker sooner you're yeah, getting darker I, I, and darker i might turn on this light <laughs> over here hold on <laughs> I thought I'm going to be finished before it gets dark. I was get, seeing you getting darker and darker. And I was like, he's disappearing on me now, actually. Is that better? <laughs> Jesus, who it's are you? Like, You're a totally different person. Jesus. It's like an, an ultra chat. Yeah. You should, have known when you, were talking, you should have known when you were talking to me. Like, <laughs> This is why I don't do prep, because I, I talk too long without it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so well, fingers crossed. Anyways, a huge list. I was just oh, looking there. There's eleven. Incredible. And there's eleven. The, the fact you have um, the, the world twenty four hours is postponed. Um, the Europeans is postponed. So everybody that would be doing that is going to the, the the bigs. You know. So you know you have the best of the best. And we have eleven people on the list. Yeah. That I've had on the podcast. Like so, Johan Steen, Courtney um courtney's the only name i don't give the second name i'm like everyone knows courtney everyone knows that barry, yeah. Maca- barry mccarroll come back to me the other day and he's like courtney who 
what's up and i was like he was winding me up like and i was like i don't even know how to answer that <laughs> but you know you got dave proctor anna carlson will hayward amy yourself like um ian keith's over there as well so fingers crossed this goes ahead that would be heartbreaking for everybody like it will um, like based on like at the end of the day to to reach your full, full potential you want to race against the best you know and that's you know i would hate if someone like brilliant that had to drop out because you want to race against them you know what i mean you want them to be there you know you want to push yourself against these people yeah. you know these people have done unbelievable things like far more than i'll ever do do you know what i mean and you want to race against them i i just want a crew just to be there <laughs> you know it's it's that type of thing let alone yeah you know let alone you know when you're going around the 4.2 mile loop like they're also running celebrities. Yeah, That's what they absolutely. are to us anyway. Yeah. People that we inspire to be. And even if you, I remember walking around UTMB and seeing someone sitting down having interviews at the expos and stuff. And you're like, wow, look at that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's Courtney. My wife winds me up. Courtney, Courtney, <laughs> Courtney I love you. <laughs> um, listen, Keith, it's been a pleasure. I really do hope that it comes together for you in on the 16th of October. I do think that we're, there's some sort of announcement on the 9th of September. Right. I think. Um, I know Canada had the borders closed for an extra 30 days. Right. Um, but it can be very frustrating because I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, uh, you know, is it going to go? I'm, sometimes I'm like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting yourself on hold a little bit for it. And it's like, do you go past it or not? Well, it, it, there, is, there is an alternative anyway if, if we can't get into the US. So I think he's just going to have a Euro European championship. Okay. You know, but well, you know what, it though? It's not, no matter what, it's not going to be the end <coughs> of Keith anyway. There's no, absolutely no doubt about that. Like, um, I would love to see you in that mix. I do think, you know, those names are only names at the end of the day. You know, this is all new. To go into it with hitting 63 hours, which is up there with all of those guys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some of them haven't even done it. Some of those biggest names have won some of the biggest things in the world. Like, yeah. um, it puts you on a, a good confidence and a good level playing field. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. And like the way I look at it is like, what have they got that I don't have? Do you know what I mean? And I think my life experiences and what Alana has brought to me will stand to me in the long run. Um, and look, Zed, it's it's an honor to get to run with them, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to get over overwhelmed by running next to them. Do you know what I mean? So, that could be a great experience. It'd be a fantastic. Yeah, experience. it'd be a great experience. But to be honest, I think <laughs> they need to be worried about who Keith Russell is. I'm being honest about that. Like, so I'm really looking forward to that happening. Fingers crossed, because that is going to be. Um, I'll be booking off for a couple of days off work. I'll have to talk to my boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> Keith, thanks very much. We've done a great job there, didn't we? Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, brilliant. We, yeah. We've done a good job. Like for, oh, it's great to be back on the podcast. I have to say, great timing. Great timing for this week's episode as Atlas Runnings. Great timing for this week's episode as Atlas Runnings next last. Great timing for this week's episode as Atlas. Great timing. Great timing. This is absolutely great timing. Great, great, great timing. Great timing for great timing for this week's episode. Dun, dun, dun. Great timing for this week's episode as Atlas Runnings next 
The last one standing event is about to begin in around four hours time. For those that are competing, I wish you all the best and hope that you get something out of this episode to help you get around the next 4.2 mile loop. I've been glued to UTMB over the last few days, an amazing showdown. Jim Wamsley and Beth Pascal have dropped out, which demonstrates how tough of a race UTMB actually is. Fingers crossed for Courtney Dewalter, who is having an epic race leading the women's race. Next week, we have one of Courtney's companions during this year's Barkley Marathon, two times Barkley Classic winner, Liz Canty. So until then, stay safe and keep on moving. <laughs>